0: I'm very happy to be joined by my colleague here at ThreadX, Alex Gatz. Alex is a senior security researcher here at ThreadX, and I wanted him on the podcast because he has a very, what I call non-traditional, a path to cybersecurity. I think his story will be super helpful to our listeners, especially those that are thinking about getting into cyber. So welcome, Alex. How are you today?
1: Hey, yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's uh-huh. really exciting.
0: We've been working together now
1: for two years? Almost, yeah, about a year and eight months, I think.
0: That's awesome. Well, Alex, uh, give him a plug. He's uh, one of our key members of our team, takes on every task, pleases our customers, working on some super cool stuff, which we're not going to talk about today. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's got some really, uh, distant, I think, represents everything we we hope all our threads are. So, Alex, thank you first and foremost for all your hard work at our company.
1: I, I really appreciate that. I do I do absolutely try my best.
0: You do. You bring it for sure. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the question. So tell our listeners a little bit about your career journey, specifically how you went from construction to an ER nurse to now cybersecurity. That's an interesting story, I think, maybe. <laughs> so. <laughs> The yeah, well planned. Yeah. I see. I see exactly. You had a plan. <laughs> yeah,
1: I did. I did have a plan. But as uh, I think we all know, life kind of throws you a couple curveballs here and there, and Absolutely. You know, mixes things up a little bit. So, sure. So going going way back, I guess I was raised doing doing construction. My dad was uh, formally trained as a, a carpenter, like uh, doing finish work and sure. uh, building cabinets, remodel jobs, stuff like that. So I've kind of been doing that stuff since I was very young shortly after that you know more more so into like high school and college time people he trained when i was younger started their own construction company so it was an easy transition working From like with them as a kid, and then continuing to work with them as as more of an adult. And, um, you know, where you're really trying to find yourself, I guess, (laughs) and figure out what you want to do. Absolutely, I'm still 54,
0: I'm still trying to figure it out. So don't don't worry about that part. What do you want to do when
1: you grow up? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly,
1: I did construction for I mean, quite a while. I I don't actually know exactly how many years it was, but. Mm eventually I think you just kind of get fed up and I'm from Michigan just to kind of put some context around this. So the, the climate conditions can kind of go in the extremes in either direction. You can have 80, 85 degree days with hundred percent humidity kind of working in the woods somewhere all the way to negative 30 wind chill on a roof, trying to literally melt the, the shingles apart so you can lay them down and then shoot nails through them. So it gets Pretty old, pretty quick. I think, especially uh, for someone who's a little younger and more ambitious, perhaps. And so, I found myself actually working towards a mathematics major <laughs> in college. Mm-hmm. Through that, I I happened to have taken all of the required classes for for nursing school. My boss at the time came to me. We were we were just talking on the job one day, and he's like, "Hey, Gats, did you know?" The top 10 paying jobs, one of them's a nurse, and we have a great nursing school right down the road. You could just go do that, and you could get out of the cold, like you will. <laughs> it's like, you know, that doesn't sound so bad. I guess I could try to do that. And um, through the journey of nursing school, I'm not sure if you know anybody who's went through nursing school. My my,
0: my daughter is a sophomore at Villanova going through the nursing program, So, and my there mom's a nurse. There you, so, you go. Yeah.
1: It's pretty intense in its yeah. own right? And I mean, yeah. if you have a lot of responsibilities on your shoulder. You're taking care of people's lives. So I, of course, loving technology and, and being more uh tech-minded person, I believe, ever since I was quite young, was mostly interested in the ER because in the ER, you do a lot of like calculations on the fly. You're calculating med doses. You have lots of decision charts and like all of these things for like uh, running codes on patients and those sorts of things. So it's kind of the more technical side and a little more thrilling, I think. So I was I was attracted to that and ended up focusing more on that in school. I was fortunate enough to be able to do my preceptorship in an ER. And then I um, just transitioned straight into an ER right out of school, actually apparently that doesn't happen very often. So I was fortunate to be able to pull (laughs) that off. That's awesome. I had a a lot of a lot of trust from the people I was working with, I guess, through nursing school. And I think through that career transition, I really learned that I just really enjoy helping people. You know, I really I really just want to do the best I can to maximize how well people are doing and, you know, like really try to improve people's lives. So nursing absolutely was a great fit. And it was kind of just an, you know, an accidental thing to find out, but it really, it really truly was a great fit. Quickly, you realize that the scope of the amount of people you can help is, is quite limited. You know, you can, you can impact maybe in an ER, maybe you'd impact 20 people's lives in a day, in a busy day. So I, I was starting to get hungry for more. I wanted to, I wanted to expand the scope of the people that I can help an opportunity presented itself at the hospital I was working at to transition into a data analyst position that data analyst position you know provided opportunities to increase that scope and that's kind of how I got to that aspect in that same vein wanting to expand that scope I started transitioning into cybersecurity which is pretty terrifying I mean honestly there's a lot of stigma around This process of breaking into cybersecurity—it's like uh, it's all over the place, right? That's kind of the path I took, I guess. That's awesome.
0: Well, it's great story.
1: Rambling on? No, not at all. I think it's (laughs) it's a
0: it's a a great story, and I think it's a a testament to your fortitude. And I think what it it does represent what we see in a lot of people that uh, we've interviewed on the podcast, or as you and I both know, people that we interview trying to get into cybersecurity. There are a lot of open positions, right? We talk about this number 3.4 million open positions today, but it still takes a level of fortitude and aptitude uh to be able to kick that door open. And once you're in, it's a, it's a very uh open culture of helping people and and lots of opportunity, but it is tough to get in that that one and I I commend you for Looking at the different things that you did and saying, "Hey, this isn't what more my passion is. They're great jobs. Construction is a great job. Your nurse is a great job, but it wasn't where your passion was. So right. you went and found where your passion is. and and uh, you know, you definitely found it. So congratulations on that. so so let's talk with our listeners a little bit about, you know what does your day look like today as a, as a security researcher here at ThreatX. My days
1: have changed, I think, uh, from what where they started. Initially, it was it was just uh, mainly threat hunting, threat intel, and uh, almost kind of like, I guess I don't know exactly what you call it, building out tooling for our SOC really is yeah. was, was a lot of it. Like yeah, building empowering efficiency. our SOC yeah. to, yeah, exactly, maximizing their efficiency by building out tools that allow them to become, you know, more impactful for our customers, like in events of attacks and, and those sorts of things. Day-to-day would have been, if there's an interesting attack that kicks off that maybe the SOC hasn't, isn't familiar with or hasn't seen before, that would get escalated to myself and another security researcher and our CTO. We would deep dive into that information and try to find exactly what's going on. If this happens more than once, we'll, we build a process around that, automate it, optimize it, and just, like you said, maximize the efficiency of the SOC. That's definitely where we started. I think things have definitely uh, yeah, changed. They've morphed. Direction. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: so, yeah. So, and to give our listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with kind of a, a security operations center, a SOC, they're responsible for keeping eyes on glass so that they're, they're looking at monitors, looking at alerts coming out of the ThreatX platform day in and day out. And we have level one, level two, level three. And now we have the research team. So, that's kind of how things escalate. And Alex and his uh, short career here, is has escalated very quickly through that. Just add a little side question, which I, I know wasn't in the questions, but I just, it piqued my interest of your ability to code and ha- how you think that plays for for people that want to get into security operation centers. And what, what do you think? Is it a requirement or it just is it a great benefit to have those chops? Uh, just curious, maybe you could share a little bit of insight on that one.
1: For like a blue team, really any area in cybersecurity, I don't think you can go wrong knowing knowing how to code, especially Python. I mean, there's so many tools out there that are written in mm. Python already. It's really nice right. to understand the the guts of those and, yeah. and if they're actually doing what you need them to do and if there's uh, caveats to what it's doing, maybe there's a, a gap in what it's scanning, for example, and you need to fill that gap. It's really useful to know in that regard. From a data analytics standpoint, I think it's pivotal. I don't. I don't think mm. using uh, Python and Jupyter notebooks, Pandas, uh, you know, different types of data analysis tools from Python, I I think is absolutely a requirement, especially in any kind of environment where you're analyzing large volumes of data that you can't just manually sort through. You could use Bash. I mean, there's definitely you couldn't get away with Bash in a lot of ways. But Python allows you to not only evaluate it, but also kind of make it so. I guess I don't know the proper wording here, but essentially, like to show you know someone like yourself a table or a graph, like something visual, visually represent the data in a way that is more easily understood. I think, yeah, or at least like nicer to ingest, maybe, yeah.
0: No, it makes sense. So I think for our listeners that are thinking about getting the cybersecurity, the, the 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 fantastic thing about the times we're in right now is all that can be learned online for free. Absolutely. Right? You, you don't Absolutely. have to go back to school, you don't have to pay big sums of money to anybody. Just simply look for YouTube videos on introductory to Python. And if you want to differentiate yourself, set up a GitHub, start putting up some sample code and that's a great starter thing to do we've heard that advice multiple times for people thinking about getting into cyber so awesome well let's jump to the next question let's talk a little bit about linkedin and what role uh that platform had on your transition into cybersecurity.
1: when i was trying to transition it was during covid Mm -hmm. so it was a little a little different than i think maybe even what you could do now now that uh conferences have started up again the advice I had been getting. So I I started reaching out to a bunch of people after applying to, I don't know, hundreds of roles, at Mm -hmm. least hundreds of roles with no success. I wasn't hearing anything back. So I was thinking, okay, well, I have some friends, they're telling me, well, you got a network, you need to reach out to people, you need to be bold and start uh, actually just trying to ask questions or like try to chat with different people. So that's exactly what I did. And probably a little aggressively (laughs) perhaps, but- since I couldn't go to conferences, which is where ideally I think you'd want to go to try to network, if you can go to any of your local cybersecurity conferences and just go talk to people and let them see how passionate you are and how interested you are, and just explain something that you're excited about in cybersecurity, I think that is absolutely the best thing you could do right now. If you can't do that, or if you're looking for a remote position, LinkedIn is great for re- like just cold messaging people and asking questions. and. Don't worry about if, so what if they don't message you back or if they're annoyed with you, that's okay. Some of them w- are going to be annoyed. The large majority of people are absolutely willing to help you and will sit down and talk with you. They'll get on a Zoom call with you and help explain the entire interview process, what recruiters are looking for, every little detail you you can think of. Resume help. They'll help you with resumes. There's lots of people. Uh, Stefan Semmelroth, for example, that's a great... Great person with tons of resources on LinkedIn. You could look at that's Mm -hmm. just excellent. So yeah, Yeah. really, it was
0: Tanya uh, Jenkins at WeHack. Tanya Jenkins, yeah, Yeah, great great example. Very very passionate about uh, exactly what you're saying. Give back, help others, open doors. uh, So yeah, I I think that's great. And and you you hit on it. You gotta not be afraid to get rejected. That's going to happen. But put yourself out there, and it's not. Hey, send a message to XYZ, say, are you hiring? It's like, you know, do some research. Say, hey, I, I noticed you've got some really cool endpoint technology and I'm new to cyber and man, could I get 15 minutes of your time? Just to do a quick call. I just love to learn more about what you do or, you know, give them s- some spin on it or, you know, just ask questions and just say that you're you know looking for ways to learn as much as you can. Uh, to your point, Alex, the vast majority of people will. I, I just had a kid message me on LinkedIn, and I, I get in cyber as as a CEO, you get hundreds of LinkedIn messages almost a day. I've slightly exaggerated, but not by much. But I do peruse through them. And a kid from Providence College reached out and said, "I'm looking for a sales internship in cybersecurity." I don't know if anything will come of it, but I was glad to send his resume over to our CRO. And uh, so, you know, that, you know, it doesn't hurt, right? And if he sent out 50 of those emails to 50 CISOs in cybersecurity, and he got one to respond, that's a pretty good hit rate. You know, it's like, so I think that's great, great guidance uh, on how how you can do it. It is, it is a massively powerful tool. Last thing I'd say on that is, is think about giving back, like, what can you offer as opposed to what can you get? Can you give them an interesting antidote uh, antidote, or a different perspective on on what they're up to? And, and at a minimum, if you can't, then just at the end of the call offer, hey, if there's ever, ever anything I can do. And then at, at my as you'll those that listen to my podcast know my pet peeve, send them a thank you message after after the call. Hey, I appreciate the 15, 20 minutes. You gave me some really great perspective. I'm gonna keep you posted on where I end up, but thank you, uh, feel like I made a new friend or whatever. That little nuance also is a big differentiator for for those looking to get in there, and just be aggressive. Like, don't you know, absolutely be aggressive. So that's great, great advice, Alex. So last question: you know, why, why did you choose to, or why would you want to work for a startup rather than than a large organization? You know, we're you know, we're, we're less than a hundred people, and uh, you know, with your chops, you know, you could have interviewed at an IBM or a Palo Alto or a Sophos or even a Rapid Seven. So. How did you kind of narrow into desire to work with a bunch of crazy people at a at a small company?
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think we're crazy. I think we're just a yes. bunch of risk takers.
0: Maybe. maybe not maybe
1: not crazy. We just are a little bit friendly.
0: <laughs> we're we're changing the world and it is a ton of fun. No. I know, <laughs> I, I know I, you and I absolutely. feel that way about it. Absolutely. There's so
1: many reasons why you'd want to work at a startup. I mean, just uh just to say that, but my personal reason was Secretly, I've always wanted to start my own startup. So you will. I, what you what will. better way? Absolutely. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what What better way to find out how to start one than to work at one? I think. Yeah. So that's the That's the quick and simple answer on that. Yep. But you can go to anybody and ask a question and, and get an answer about anything. Really. That's That's what I was looking for. Was. Yeah. I know nothing about sales, for example. So I wanted to be able to come in and ask our salespeople and just, you know, have a conversation with them at um, any of our offsites or anything like that, and just kind of really dig down and figure out what are you guys really trying to do? Like, what's your goal? What are your objectives? What kind of uh, I don't know. What's like the secret sauce here? Like, you never, you don't, you can't find out. There's a lot of things that are just purely gained from experience that you cannot read about. I want to learn that stuff. I've read all the things. Now I want to learn the 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 things that you only find out by doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. That's really what it came down to.
0: That's awesome. And I, I personally, and and Alex, you've heard me say it, but uh, I think about smaller companies as as you get to know real relationships. Uh, having you know, successfully been a part of teams where we sold the company to big companies, while that's a great outcome, and and there's a different set of challenges and a different set of fun when you're at our size, I get to know everybody as the CEO. And, uh, I know Alex, uh, which, you know, said it, it's like anybody call anybody forget titles. You know, if, if you got a question, jump on Slack, send a text message and, and everybody's going to respond. Nobody's going to say, well, why is Alex calling me or why is X, Y, Z like, Hey, he's got a problem or he's got an interest and and I can help him. Let's sync up. And I think that's fun. That. I know at, at the growth rate we're we're going at we're gonna we're gonna lose some of that intimacy that we we have today. But it, it's been a it's been a great part of the company. So for those that are thinking about joining a startup, the last thing I'll say is if you think it's riskier than joining a big company, I'll decide, describe risk this way: Do you want to know whether the company's doing well or not at all times? If you don't want to know how well the, or how poorly the company's doing at all times, join a big company. If you wanna know how things are going, well, we have a weekly meeting and you can hear or ask a question about how things are going. And when a company has a layoff, we've been fortunate not to have a a layoff of of any size, you're gonna know that it happened. You're you're gonna see the numbers, you're not gonna be surprised. You work for a big company like IBM, what happens is basically somebody, the CFO decides, hey, we're gonna lop off 5%. They start creating spreadsheets and suddenly your name ends up on a spreadsheet where you've been there two months or 17 years. And you get walked through the door and a total surprise. So it's just a question, do you want to see the risk? Because every job has an element of risk. Or, you know, do you want to just put your kind of head in the sand and hope it all works out? But uh, but I, lo- I love small companies and they are no riskier than big companies. And you can have a lot more impact, which I think is the fun part. So awesome, Alex. I knew this was going to be a great episode. It definitely was. So thank you very much. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their skills in cybersecurity, you can get one free year of content at ThreadX Academy by using promo code PODCAST. You can visit our website, academy.threadx.com, to check that out. And also, please uh, check out one of our most recent episodes uh, with Bruce Schneier, where we talk about his latest book, A Hacker Mind which has been uh, one of our most listened episodes. And uh, for those that are new to cyber and don't know who Bruce Schneier is, uh, he literally wrote one of the first books on cryptology. So you're definitely gonna wanna uh, check out his latest book. So thanks again, Alex. Have an awesome day. It's a Friday. Let's finish strong and have a great weekend. To all of our listeners, I wish you all the best and thank you for listening. Absolutely. Thanks
1: a lot. Glad to be
0: here.